Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that we've been lucky enough to implement here for over two years now. The product in and of itself is exactly what you need it to be, guys, with options ranging from being a workout provider, as in sending the workout directly to the student-athlete's phones, to being a place where you can communicate with them and bring together multiple streams of data to be its own dashboard for you, your coaching staff, or the athletes. Or you can use what we've added to our, our menu of Coach Me Plus activities, and that's Hydration Station, where all of this information that is provided is based off of research from the Corey Stringer Institute, where we're looking at weighing in versus weighing out and then providing optimal hydration uh, strategies for the student-athletes by them selecting through the menu and tapping on what they'll take home with them and what they're consuming prior to the next practice um, when all the numbers at the top are lined up green. It's something we've had really good success with and the kids have really bought in on. Just another great example of the awesome product that you can find at coachmeplus.com. Guys, hop over to coachmeplus.com today and check it out. It's a product I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content it provides, be sure to hop over and check out the community. The community is an exclusive members website that is just an extension of what we do here in July at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar. What it is is a combination of video lectures, a coach's corner with your Monday morning take-home information, and a forum where you can talk about anything and everything related to the field of strength and conditioning. In the community, you'll find content added each month from some of the top practitioners in the world, ranging from PhDs to high-level coaches, bringing you exactly what they're doing with their athletes or their research at the present moment. On top of that, an additional discussion by coaches bringing you that Monday morning information, things that you can add to your training program right away. Tying that in with the opportunity to discuss with coaches around the world in the forum on anything and everything from the topics addressed in these presentations to whatever you're seeing in your daily life as a coach. If this sounds like the right thing for you and your staff, go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and try it out for 48 hours for just a dollar. If you like it, you're signed up, ready to roll, and you're jumping into all the great content added each month. If not, feel free to go ahead and cancel at any time. No questions asked. We're really excited about what we're building in the community and hope you are too. Go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and check it out today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an absolutely sensational discussion with University of North Dakota's Assistant Strength and Conditioning Coach, Sean Fentuzzi. Guys, Sean is going to give us a quick intro and uh, kind of give us his background as how he got up to UND, and, and then he's going to get right into breaking down some of the changes that have, that have been made um, with the training of his athletes at UND and the driving factors behind the directions they've started moving. Uh, this is going to go in a bunch of different directions. We're going to talk about actual weight room training. We're going to talk about some recovery work that he's doing. We're going to talk about some monitoring things and things that he's looking at to help these athletes handle stress better. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Sean, thanks for spending the time with us today, buddy. Appreciate it today, Jay. Uh, honored to be on this. I've been listening to a long time, uh, all the way back from the Todd Hammer, Cam Davidson days that you interviewed them. 
Uh, it's a, it's an honor to be on this. Typically you have people that talk in uh, really big words. So I have a dictionary right beside me when I listen, <laughs> but, uh, to be on here is pretty cool. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Really stoked to have you on because you're doing some awesome stuff up there. So let's give the people just a quick intro. Let them know how you got way up there in the, in the North central part of the country. Yeah. It, uh, it has come as quite a cost to me. So I did I did my undergrad at Penn State University way back when, um, graduated in 2011, and then starting my senior year, I went and started shadowing with the strength and conditioning department, mainly with uh, men's and women's basketball under Brad Pantall and Brandon Spade. While I was there, I fell in love with training as a strength and conditioning coach with a team instead of just the personal trainer geriatric population. Continue on that for almost two years, 10 months, I spent all at, as an intern at Penn State. Um, GA position, earned a GA position after that. Uh, thanking Craig Fitzgerald for that, hooked me up at St. Francis University. Then went back after that for another month of a volunteer with Cam at Penn State. Went to Loyola University in Maryland for a part, or a, yeah, part-time position for almost a year, and then I landed out in North, the University of North Dakota, somewhere I never thought I'd be. But this is the uh, this is the profession I live in, the beautiful uh, profession that lets us travel everywhere. Yeah, no doubt. So you're out there, you're working with men's basketball and women's soccer. Yep, and I also assist with football too. Awesome. And you've been there for how long? Uh, just under two years. On August first, it'll be my two-year quote-unquote anniversary. Fantastic. So in these 24 months that you've been there, let's talk about some things that you've started to implement and some changes you've made and, and how that's helped drive the program in a, in a different direction. So when I got up here, I started, uh, the guy before me who is, who did a phenomenal job with the athletes before me, got them very strong for me. So that was, made my job pretty easy right off the bat. But what I brought was a little bit different juice, I guess you could call it. I did a lot more from an Olympic lifting standpoint. Now, I'm not saying I'm an Olympic lifting guy, but I like them a lot, and I want to kind of I wanted to implement that as a way to change the pace from the previous guy to me and everything on those. Um, so I started using the Olympic lifts a little bit more, getting them moving, more higher ground contact time, higher force development, and they really liked it. And I stepped into a really good position with men's basketball. Um, at the time, they were projected to come in top two in the uh, in the Art Big Sky Conference, and cards uh, as as luck had it, we ended up winning our conference, winning our conference tournament, and making it to the Big Dance. So that was a pretty cool feat for us. Um, so that was just. It was an unbelievable experience because I had never been to that point. And to come in first year and earn that spot, it felt pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to women's soccer, who was at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. They had three straight seasons when I got in here. They had three straight like losing seasons. I think we accumulated two conference wins in three years. Like, it was complete opposite end of the spectrum. Um, so when I started working with them on day one, it was like day one of camp. So I didn't even get to touch them really at all. And they did very little lifting in the season. That was a uh, conversation with the coach, uh, the coaching staff at the time. 
fast forward a couple months later, he gets let go. New coach comes in, kind of lets me do what I want from a conditioning perspective. I build up a trust with the girls thus far and says, okay, um, let's see how the summer goes. Because he had never lifted his girls in season at previous schools uh, from a lower body perspective. And I laid out like these are the benefits. We want to be strong at the beginning, yes. Want to be strong at the end, yes. We have our legs underneath us. So continue to build upon that. Um, he said, let's see how the summer goes. We'll talk about it once we get to the season, everything. Summer goes great. Season comes around. Continued to lift in season. Did great. Ended up being one game away from making the playoffs our best season in uh, school history. So I'm not saying I had everything to do with it, obviously. But I, it goes to show you how good – staying strong in the season as women's soccer from a lower body perspective is for those girls so that they can retain their strength over the course of their three-month, four-month season. Um, now, all within that, I started teaching both men's and women's basketball players how to breathe a little bit better, how to recover. Um, because in this sport, yes, you want to be able to sprint with speed as fast as you can, like repeat sprint ability, speed kills, all those cliche sayings that our profession is based upon. Um, but they have to know how to breathe to recover correctly, and I think that's a very lost skill within modern civilization. Like um, A book I read that has really changed the way I deal with aerobic conditioning and just breathing in general, general is Oxygen Advantage. Um, and it has really influenced me from a nasal breathing perspective and being able to recover properly. Um, so there are times where I'll tape their mouth shut during an aerobic training session and just so they have to breathe out of their nose. Now, if they're sick and they look like they're going to explode, I tell them to take the tape off. I'm not evil and a menace. Uh, but we do a lot of our contralateral circuits with it. We'll do some isometric circuits with it or a little aerobic run on the field where we're jogging around doing a couple different like karaoke, shuffle, skip, all of that. We're building just that, that base of aerobic conditioning. So that has been a large aspect of what I try to get going from day one. And I'm still learning. We're still learning here about all that. Um, but if we can recover better, if we can breathe better and use our nose to breathe instead of our mouths to breathe, we're going to feel better from day to day. And I use the RPR system to help out with that as well, help clear those breathing patterns and those stress in between those uh, muscles. Awesome. Let's take a step back and let's, let's talk about that oxygen advantage stuff because people are seeing a lot of that right now on, on the gram and on Facebook, like people doing these things where they, you know, it, it's kind of like the antithesis of the, uh, what the, what were those stupid things called that people were running around with for like two years? Those uh, the altitude masks. These mask things, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the antithesis of that. So how about you just let's let's just run down that rabbit hole a little bit. Talk about the whys and the whats, and then things that you've seen, whether it be with yourself or with student athletes you're working with, uh, based on it. Right. Uh, so first and foremost, those oxygen masks. I think they were a great idea i think it was executed wrong um the reason being is because that mask covers the nose as well so it restricts not just mouth breathing which you're supposed to but it restricts nasal breathing as well so i think it trains 
I think it trains the wrong thing. If we just cover our mouths instead of covering our nose and mouth, we're really tapping into that nasal breathing and trying to get more oxygenation throughout the body with, with uh, belly breathing as well. So I think they just missed a little bit. They just overdid their uh, mark. Otherwise, it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. If they just take the little nose part off, they'll be fine. Um, but yeah, the Oxygen Advantage book. Um, typically, if, if you watch a newborn baby, they're breathing out of their belly and they're breathing through their nose. Their mouths are closed. They're breathing normally. They're breathing very calmly and everything on those lines. And as they develop, something goes wrong. They get sick. That's why people start breathing out of their mouths. And they just accumulate that habit because they're never told as a kid, keep breathing out of your nose. It's not something people teach anymore, if that makes sense. It's a very lost skill. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to regrain that skill back so that we're more calm. We're more often in a parasympathetic state so that we can continue to train hard, that we continue to play hard and recover more efficiently. What the nasal breathing does is it allows a chemical to release inside the nose um, throughout the body that spurs oxygenation, in short. Um, I don't want to take anything away from Patrick McCowan. I want you guys to all go out and buy the book um, and read it because it's great, so I'm gonna t- not going to take away all the secrets from it. Um, but that's essentially the gist of it. You want to be able to breathe in and out through the nose so that you're getting those extra chemicals that are released inside the nostrils throughout the body to help oxygenate the blood and if there's more oxygen throughout the blood, higher chances of recovery, muscles working more efficiently, you're in parasympathetic state more often, all the way down the line. So what are the limits to that? Like when you see it with your programming, like you gave a few examples, but then you also see like people on the gram and, and they're doing like intense stuff with it. Do you yeah. have, do you have like a, a threshold or like a, plus or minus i mean obviously like you gave the example of sick in virginia if you don't have allergies when you move here you get them um so like this time of year it can be um can be one of three things it can be really successful it can be exceptionally challenging or it can be disgusting because you just like you're dying with everything going on here with right my white car is yellow from the pollen but it's where would you see remember those days oh yeah where would you see this like because this has got to be an ebb and flow thing, right? Like there, mm-hmm. it can't be like a, you're gonna tape your mouth shut all the time, and you're gonna like it type thing. Like, right. where is where are these checks and balances for you? So I haven't toyed too much with it yet, but I want to try to do it. I'm definitely doing it with a lot of aerobic stuff that we're doing. So if we're in the weight room doing an aerobic circuit where we're switching, uh, like contralaterally from a movement perspective, every 20 to 35 seconds. Excuse, excuse me, with uh, about 10 to 15 seconds in between just to rotate or switch sides. Um, I'll tape their mouths closed and I want to make sure their heart rate is somewhere in the 60 to 75% max heart rate range. Um, now on our more intensified stuff, other stuff that we're going 90, I haven't taped their mouth shut yet on like full sprints. I don't know if I will. I think it would depend upon the skill of the athlete and where they are from an uh, aerobic conditioning standpoint. Like I said, I have athletes that can get to um, – or I have an athlete that has a resting heart rate of 35, soccer girl. Like she can run forever, 
has no speed, but she can run forever. Um, but we can train that over the summer. I, she would be one of the ones I'd be interested to see how, how that would affect her training from a max effort perspective. But for the rest of them, I really just want to tap into that first or second aerobic training zone between 60, 75, maybe 80% of their max heart rate. Anything over that, chances are I want, I'm going to cue them to breathe out of their nose, but it's something that they should be working on naturally. I, I don't know how often they do it, but I ask them to get between 20 and 35-ish big belly breaths right before they go to sleep at night. And we do a wellness questionnaire survey. Uh, with them so that way they can kind of see how is my mood how did I sleep how did I fatigue or what can we do to change and better those things mm-hmm. and one of the things that actually has helped them sleep better is just relaxing at night right before they go to bed phone off or upside down uh, relaxing taking some big belly breaths or even reading at the same time before you turn your light off they've actually had and shown good results from that um, so that has helped kind of instill that culture of just being able to breathe and relax more often. Because if you think about a student athlete, they're stressed all the time, all the time between lifting, between practice, between classes, between extracurriculars that they're in, whether it be student athletic council, um, if they're injured, they got to go to the tr- meet the trainer for rehab. Um, they gotta have coaches meetings. They gotta have teacher professor meetings. It's being a, being a freshman on campus, especially a freshman student athlete on campus nowadays. I feel like it's so much more difficult now than it used to be with everything that they have to kind of fall in the line with and make sure that they plan out. Oh, so it's a constant state of stress. Not not even including the backpack that they carry around their back that. I don't know if anyone in our industry has taken into account from a loading perspective. I have not, but I always try to keep it in my mind on as far as like their weekly loading. Like they're carrying around their backpack, mostly like this, or mostly into an extended extended state. They're never they're never taking care of their posture whenever they have that backpack on. So how do we balance that out in the weight room from that perspective? No doubt, dude. And let me tell you something. Being on these damn crutches for 11 weeks now, I have been like freaking, I'm not dance away from being the damn backpack kid. And it's just like, I, I can tell. And it's something that it's funny you bring that up because like even in the, how I am literally living right now, I wouldn't have thought of that in a million years until you just yeah. brought it up. Yeah. It's, it's astonishing how much like, like you think you're doing weighted carries or like a yoke carry with any of your athletes. Well, they're doing a weighted carry all damn day mm-hmm. and they're in a tiny desk, like crammed in it. Chances are they're leaning back, their butts sagging down, their legs are straight. They're trying to get comfortable. Like people don't know what comfortable is anymore. No, like it's almost lost. Yeah. Like, so and if you see a lot of what I do on my social medias, Almost immediately now when we're done with our lifts, regardless of it's soccer or basketball, um, they're sitting in the squat for upwards of one, two, three minutes maybe just to downshift and try to take it back from gear three to gear one and then putting their feet up on the wall and getting some extra belly breaths before they leave our uh, weight room. 
Um, and it's been really cool to see, and I don't even have to cue it anymore. They just all get in a circle, sit down into a squat, and then I look over, and they're all squatting down. I'm like, huh, cool. And they're just working on trying to sit and trying to keep their hips healthy, keep their knees healthy, increase range of motion in the ankle, um, and everything on those lines. So it's pretty cool to see as, as a coach. So when you do that, do you, what, are you, what were, if they're doing it on their own now, what were you cueing? What were you... What was driving for it? You know what I mean? Like, how were you? Because, you know, like, you work with men's basketball, so there's going to be guys who, like, that, that's a long way to go. Yeah, yeah. So, um, with, with depending on the limb length of the athlete, especially with basketball, I'll put their feet up. We have little uh, – we have power lift platforms in our weight room for basketball and a little ramp at the end. So I'll put their heels up on that so that they at least get into below parallel um, because – I want to continue to stress that range of motion in their knees so that way, like even falling doesn't hurt them as much. Because, face it, your basketball athletes fall more often than not, more often than they think. Mm -hmm. And being able to be in uncomfortable positions like that is more beneficial for them. Um, I learned a ton of that stuff just by watching uh, your guy, Corey Schlesinger's uh, Instagram. If you're not following that guy, do it because it's fun to watch him train his basketball guys. Um, but to get them down there and to be in that position is tough um, because of their limb length. So it just takes a little bit of resilience. It may take some counterbalancing at times where they're holding like two fives out in front or a 10 and just trying to, again, breathe and downshift and be more comfortable in it. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a snap of a finger, but it does take time, and they do see the value in it, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So then how does this then incorporate? So you're talking about all the stress management. We're talking about looking at how they're walking away from things. So what things are you doing now in conjunction with that when it comes to either in practice or like training modifications or monitoring to make sure that these things are continuing to move properly? So the daily wellness questionnaire um, is something that we take into account. Myself and our athletic trainers here, we take a look at that and kind of see where these girls and guys are in response to where they were over the past three months. So I look at baseline averages and um, seeing what's the outlier, what's normal, everything on those lines. Uh, with as far as the practicing goes, we like I said, we just got the heart monitors and we haven't used it much with basketball yet. But I think it could be a great tool, mainly considering the new rule that takes into effect, which is uh, very disheartening from a strength coach perspective. We lose a third of our time with them this summer. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're struggling with that as well. Well, see, we um, haven't started yet for the summer. They, we're in finals right now, so yeah, I won't see them for two weeks. That was actually what my thoughts Monday was this week, was it's like, Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, like it's just like how are we like one? We lose twenty or thirty percent of our time. Two, their workloaded practice goes up fifty percent. Um, air quotes. Um, yeah. so it's like, or excuse me, it goes up a hundred percent. Um, so what are we gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, that's wild, bro. Like that's like wild to me. Like how big of a switch that is. It, anyway, it changes. It changes my entire summer plan. Yeah, yeah. But here, go back. I, excuse me for interrupting. No, you're good. You're good. Um, 
where was my last thought? At? I don't even know. We Hard got on a great tangent. Hard Hard runners. Runners. Anyway, change. Yeah. So we can look at this now as far as like how they're being stressed in and out of practice. Like, okay, what is the load of that training, uh, that training day and seeing how heavy it needs to be the next day. If they're going to play ball or practice five straight or four straight days, we can look at that beforehand. We can test them um, and see where their readiness is. Are they really ready to take on a high-intensity type of practice? Hopefully the summer doesn't go as high-intensity as it has been. I think we do need to downshift. We have a little bit of a younger group, um, and I, I think they need more just sitting there learning and kind of seeing and walking through. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I love the coaching staff. I like uh, the up-tempo pace that we play at. But with these younger guys that are coming in, we we need to make sure that they know the ins and outs of all the plays that we call because it's, it's a complicated system. Um, so being able to relax and learn those plays, you don't want to learn those plays in a alarmed state or a uh, fight or flight state. You want to be able to be under control, learn them. That's why I preach to the guys as much as I can. Go to class, go to study hall because that kind of stuff – it shows coaches that you're willing to prepare. If you're willing to prepare for class, you're willing to prepare for practices. And it kind of goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. um, so again, it all revolves around how much are they doing though. And we can tr track that now with the heart Myers, which is going to be so influential, especially this off season with the rule change. No doubt. I'm no still doubt. trying to, I'm still trying to figure out my summer plan. It was, it went from going, oh, let's go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, a little bit of everything throughout the week. And now it's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, maybe three days lifting, one, two days change of direction, one day linear. Like it's, uh, it's going to be a task over this next week. Thankfully, next week, uh, we have our finals week. This is our discretionary period. So I think we're a week behind you guys. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know when this is getting broadcast or anything like that. So this is going to be a big week just to kind of sit down in front of this whiteboard you see behind me. It's my thinking board. Um, and just write down everything I got. No, it's 100%. And I think that that's the best way to do it. And it's What I think is the worst part of it, though, for us is it's like it took a summer or two to kind of figure out how this was really going to work out. And yeah. like where those lines were, where we needed to make sure that if, if they were going to this area with practice, we needed to be here and vice versa. So mm -hmm. like now that we got all our ducks in a row, yeah, maybe sort of. Knock on wood. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's like Pedro Serrano trying to hit a curveball, and it's like a whole new ball game out here. So it's. Oh, that was an amazing movie quote. Yeah, so it'll oh, be that's a, awesome. it'll be an interesting because the first three weeks are going to be easy because we're not going to know, you know. Right. But when we get for us, when we get that last week of July or June, getting into July, that's when we'll find out if we had any idea of what we were supposed to be doing or not. I guess. Right, and with ours, with our situation, our summer situation from a scheduling perspective, it's. It's good for me because it's not like your typical basketball schedule. Typically, you most strength coaches have the first seven to eight weeks without the guys, and they go home, and then basically they're there towards the second half of summer all the way through March. 
Mm-hmm. So for us, we have the first eight weeks with the guys on campus. They go home for six to seven weeks, then they come back. So it does kind of break at least a little bit up of the season itself, which is nice at my end. And they're typically pretty good about lifting two or three times when they go home. We'll, we'll see how that – I wish – I kind of wish we did something from like a uh, Coach We Plus, Team Heroic, uh, what's the other one, Team Builder, that we could track that while they go home. Um, but I digress. Um, but from that perspective, it gives me a little bit more time to front load a lot of the stuff that we want to do. So we can really dial down in that first eight weeks and be like, since them, football, and a couple soccer girls are going to be the only teams on campus, I can really spend a good amount of time with them. I can even call some extra meetings if I need to because uh, the only thing they'll really have is maybe a summer class or some guys are going to work. I can meet with them on a little bit more individualistic basis and be like, hey, this is what we need to work on individually and this is what you need to do to de-stress yourself because there's not going to be much besides practice and lifting that's going to overtax their nervous system, thankfully. Yeah, especially in the <clears> summer. <throat> I mean, unless they're nitwits running around crazy. Well, I'm sure you've had a few of those. I've had a few myself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One good good people say that. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're 18 to 22 year old guys. They're going to do nitwit shit. Exactly. And I I tell all my coaches that I work for, I'm like, I'm not trying to tell them not to go out and enjoy being a college kid. I was a college kid. I've, I've had a few beers in my life. No one's going to get mad at me. Um, at least I hope not. But it, it, if it comes down to it, when I do get mad, it's when it affects our training. It's when it affects our practices. It's when it affects that kind of stuff. That's when it, it frustrates me because it's not only one, hindering their performance, which is my job, uh, but it's also disregarding my passion for their performance because that's why I have my job. Like I do this for them because of them, because they're willing to come in and work their asses off day in and day out. So when they do that kind of stuff, that's why I get mad about it. And we have this little awareness punishment thing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But it's nothing that's going to kill them, but it's going to let them know like, hey, this is going to keep sucking if you keep doing this. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we'll see how it all turns out this summer. Sometimes you got to get learned, you know? Oh, yeah. And we've all, we've all even been in those types of workouts, too. I voluntarily do it because my fiancé uh, does CrossFit. So I'll step in with her at the local CrossFit gym, and I'll get my ass kicked. Uh, and it's humbling. Let me tell you. It is, a, it is a humbling experience to get your ass kicked that much. Oh, but but it, it's stepping outside of my, my comfort zone. I need to. Like, I'm... Right now, I'm just training for a powerlift this weekend or a powerlifting meet this weekend. So all my stuff has been just heavy, five, three, one. Like I'm not really running. I'm not really doing anything else. Um, it's just been all focused on that. But once that's over, I need to get out, run, bike, erg. That ski erg um, is a bitch of a machine. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Sorry for swearing for everyone, uh, uh, but it is. Uh, it, it's a menace, but no, getting outside of that and trying to tap into just learning new, learning new systems and being able to experience those systems is needs to be done across all strength coaches so we can kind of feel what it's like. So we don't just tell our, 
athletes to run 16 110s and have never done it or have never known what it feels like like if i tell my athletes to go run a tempo run of 4500 yards i'm gonna do it first so i know what that feels like and i need to be able to at least not pass out yeah yeah no doubt no doubt well, listen, Sean, this is absolutely killer stuff, man. Where can people find more? Where can they follow you on the socials so they can see what you guys got going on up there? Uh, Twitter and Instagram, it's the same um, tag, Sean, fan, F-A-N, the number two and the letter Z. I know it's creative, whatever. Um, and then I'm on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook that much. It's more so <clears throat> Twitter and Instagram. That No, it is fantasy, like the number, it's, I, I love it. Yeah, I think it's I great. It as, I made it as frenetic as possible. That's fantastic. I love it, brother. Listen, man, this is killer stuff. I can't thank you enough for spending the time with us today, man. People are going to love this. Thank you so much. Not a problem. It was an honor, my man. Good seeing you again, and I uh, hope that leg recovers nice and well. Yeah, me too, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. We'll do some, we'll do some uh, ski erg races when I get back east. How about that? Deal. Deal. <laughs> Consider that done, brother, man. Appreciate you being on. We'll be in touch real soon. All right. Take care, man. Yeah, thanks. And a huge thank you to the University of North Dakota's Sean Fantuzzi for sitting down with us and talking today. Guys, open, honest, candid sharing. Sean basically just spilling the beans into everything they're doing up there. I cannot thank him enough for being so candid and open to share with us today. This is absolutely killer stuff. So, Sean, thank you, brother. Keep up the great work. Can't thank you enough for, for being so open and honest and, and sharing so much with us today. This was absolutely fantastic. And as always, guys, if you enjoyed the talk, please share it to the social media outlet of your choice. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. Tag whoever this could help in the post. Shoot them on a, shoot them on a DM, whatever it is. Email them. We're just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we possibly can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.